Hey, my name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. Uh, it's a wonderful day here, and I hope you're having a wonderful day where you are. Today, I have a podcast for you that is really specific to your education and your understanding of your health. It comes down to this. I remember you know, starting the whole path of learning in school, and I was that, I'm Generation X, proud of my generation. And uh, I'm from that generation that was the final years of using like microfiche or, or whatever those things were, where you go to the library and you look up like Rolodexes and you had to do all these different ways of finding something. We did not have computers. I was, I was in there. I saw that. I saw all transformation to, you know, computerized databases and all the way to the internet as it is today. And so that's kind of cool. You know, so I have so many books around me. I love paper books still. I remember during that time of going to school, being taught to be very cautious of what I would learn on the internet. And I was told that you cannot trust everything you see on the internet it has to be cited. And there's so much alarm with what people would see on the internet because it wasn't written in a book. It wasn't cited, blah, blah, blah. Now there's some validity to it and importance to it. I get that. It's just we all know that when you have more sources of information coming to you, you have a greater chance of having breakthroughs and greater understandings. On the whole, I believe the internet has given us so many opportunities to learn so much and has made us better in so many ways. I know there's other ways where it hasn't. I'm not arguing that, but I am saying we have become better from this. In the field of medicine, I feel that the internet has allowed patients, my patients, to become more educated. And I am a firm believer that an educated patient is the best patient. You have access to so much information now that we never had before. At your fingertips, on your phone, in the room, with your doctor. You could pull up article after article, study after study, case after case. You can own as many books on your phone as you need to on medicine. It's there now. And that is a brilliant thing. I believe that. The word doctor comes from the Latin word docere, which means to teach. The role of the physician is to teach. That's what doctor means, to teach, docere. And in that moment of education with my patient, the patient makes the decision on what we do. You make the decision. And the goal that I have is that it's an educated decision. The more sources of education, the better. The more data points we can pull together, the better. Conflicting, uh, uh, agreeing, all different things. We can sit there together and say, well, what's better, this or this? And we can have that conversation together. And then you make the decision. That's good medicine. The thing is, the internet can be a wretched hive of scum and villainy. And we must be cautious. As an Obi-Wan Kenobi quote. But it's true. Moss Eisley's spaceport. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. There can be so many manipulative things thrown in there that you don't even know about. And we have to be cautious. On my end, what that looks like is my patient will come into clinic and they'll have really out there concepts or really disjointed ideas 
about their health and, and, and they got them from doing research on themselves. It is so important that I don't invalidate that. It's important that I not only validate it, but strengthen it and guide it the best that I can and be supportive as possible for those patients where it becomes an issue is like, I'll have a patient, let me be very specific. I'll have a patient present to clinic and they have elevated cholesterol and they have high cholesterol and I'm worried about it. It needs to come down. You know, you're at a high level of cholesterol. You have high levels of C-reactive protein, which means you're going to have more inflammation on board. You're going to have, uh, um, you know, just across the board, uh, poor nutrition, maybe some high blood sugar in there. And I see them and they come to my clinic and and if I could get them to make it better through diet, I've won. We've won. That's it. But so many people can't make that jump with their diet. A lot of people will come to my clinic and they will present to me and they will want me to fix the pathology they have without making any changes here. Modern medicine allows me to do that. It allows me to do that. But there are significant consequences when I do. So if someone's going to eat a really poor diet here, I could prescribe something to manage the cholesterol here. It's just the side effect profile is not very good. And the person's diet is not just raising cholesterol. This diet is also creating all that inflammation, creating other health issues that are not being shown up as cholesterol. It's other things that are intangible. Over time, you see uh, less energy. You know, they feel fatigue. Um, you see higher risk factors for cancer. You see higher risk factors for type 2 diabetes. These things in these patients is because if I were to use a medication just to block the pathology but not deal with the cause, the causes could keep causing problems. This is so important because when a patient presents to clinic, their opinion of what I should do sometimes is very different than my opinion of what we should do. Because like I said, they just want me to fix this. A lot of times they don't want to change this at all. Many of us don't. I need to help them change this. Here's where the internet comes in. A lot of times a person will present to clinic and I can't get them to change this now. They won't change their diet. They can for a little while, but they always snap back. They can't really stop that diet. They can't really stop drinking alcohol. They, they really have not been able to make that switch. And it is not my job to shame them. That's a horrible thing to do. There's a diet book I remember reading, Whole30. My wife and I were reading because this Whole30 is a great program, great protocol, big fan of it. But in that book, they talk about when a patient tells you this diet is hard, well, tell them, try having cancer. That's hard. Think about what I'm saying here now. When that's said to a patient, when you tell them something like, you think change your diet is hard, try having cancer, that never changes someone. That never inspires someone to change their diet. That never inspires someone to stop drinking. That doesn't work. It's more subtle than that. There's more things that go into changing someone's lifestyle. So I can't go to them and say, you need to stop that now. I need to see, okay, where you are. Can you unravel the diet now? Can you give up alcohol now? No? Okay. I need to prescribe this and I need to continue trying to fix this lifestyle with you. Back to the internet. They'll come to my office and they'll say, I don't want to take that medication to stabilize me. I've heard that statins are bad. Statins are the problem. I need cholesterol. Cholesterol is good for me. 
I saw on the internet someone saying that high cholesterol is not really a problem. Let's take that apart for a minute. Statins are bad. They're a drug. They're, they're a drug that has side effects. And, and I can manage the side effects to a large degree. Not 100%, but a large degree. I can manage the impact of a statin on your body. You know, we run the labs on your coenzyme Q10 because that becomes depleted with a statin. And I prescribe relative to that. But, but the patient still refuses to take a statin because they heard it was bad. Put yourself in my shoes for a minute and feel this with me. I have a person in front of me that I cannot get to stop their diet or I cannot get them to stop drinking alcohol. And they have high cholesterol and I can't get them to take a prescription to stabilize them. I could try supplements and I have. I'll do niacin. But if any of you have ever done niacin dosing for cholesterol, you'll know it's not a pleasant experience and compliance drops off. I can sit here and tell them, you need to take a high fiber supplement and I could push a fiber protocol on them. But fiber is a standalone protocol on someone who has an issue with just controlling their diet already, loses compliance quickly. You know, fiber that comes in those powders like psyllium husk, you put it in your water, you stir it up, you drink it. Any of you have ever done that, you know, this is it's like unflavored applesauce, room temperature. And drinking that, no one does that for long. I just, some people do, very, very few. Okay. And the people who do do it long-term, they tend to eat really healthy already. So they're not really our patients in this case. So I have this patient in front of me that I really want to stabilize their cholesterol. I can't get them to stop drinking, can't get them to change their diet. I can't use a supplement or the supplements I do use doesn't get traction with them. What do I do? What do I do in that case? Because they'll wander off for six months. They come back six months later. I run the lab again. It's worse. They won't take the statin because they heard about it on the internet. Now, let's go to the person that told them it's bad on the internet. That person, they're right. A lot of these things you're going to see on the internet, it's not that they're wrong. It's just, it's not the right tool at that moment. You know, when you're working on something, when you're building a project, you do the sanding last. You do the cutting first, right? You know, there's, there's steps to this. So when you'll see these people on the internet, you know, they, they get all these clicks, they get all these views. They're telling you, don't ever take a statin. They're not in the room with you. They're not looking at your labs with you. They're not trying to understand you. They're getting their clicks. They're maybe selling some supplements that say work better. And that's the issue is, is that it's not personalized. I want you to learn as much as you can. I want you to know that I agree. Statins are not good. I don't want to prescribe them long-term ever to anyone. I want you to know, I want your diet to be the right thing. I want to use supplements as much as I can. It's just, there's a time for each thing. And a step. Justin and I were talking about this earlier. The advent of modern hygiene, where we as physicians learn to wash our hands, which is such a ridiculous thing to talk about. But we used to not believe that it was important to wash your hands. <laughs> this is fact. And the doctor who tried to convince people that hand washing was important, you know, he went crazy from all the pressure. And, 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 and um, it's an interesting story if you have a chance to look it up. The important point here is this, is like I always think to myself in those terms, like what if he explained it better? What if... 
they explained hand-washing in the 1800s better in a way that people understood and believed. What if I told my person with high cholesterol about their diet better? What if I used better terms? I'm always trying to figure out how I can do the education, the dosaire part of my job better, always. By doing that, I'm able to make a better difference. In the case of patients who come in preloaded with, I'm not going to take that medication because I read about it on the internet as being evil and I should be able to just take this for it instead. How can I talk to them about the real life impact of what their labs are telling us in this moment in a way that they won't feel threatened or challenged or, 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 or disempowered. That sits with me constantly. How to do that. So the thing about it is that what you learn on the internet is helpful and useful when in put in context. There are times when a statin is not a good idea and we should be doing diet and lifestyle. There are times when people won't be able to do diet and lifestyle and I have to use a statin. There are times when they have a genetic predisposition and I'm going to use a statin. You know, there are times and seasons when it comes to caring for a patient, you have to meet them where they are. And when you go online, you see a lot of these personalities trying to plug their protocol as being the cure-all. I would say there's always a grain of truth in what they're telling you. It's just you have to see it for the whole of what it is. And it's not just statins. I've had patients who believe that by taking high-dose iodine, or varying doses of iodine, there's different protocols out there, varying doses of iodine, they won't need thyroid. But this happened just the other day in clinic. I had a patient whose thyroid was sub-functioning. It was not really working well. But the reason why, he's taking too much iodine. And that was suppressing his thyroid. Iodine is helpful when it's what you need. And we run the labs to verify that. That's the relationship part. There was a thing that was going around, uh, you know, eight years ago, I think it was six, eight years ago, where a woman was making these cabbage, fermented cabbage protocols people would take. And it was causing people to become very sick. It was very cathartic, meaning that they were having, you know, uncontrolled diarrhea. So there's a lot of people who were having issues with electrolytes, you know, cardiac issues from that. There's nothing, you know, cabbage is not a bad thing. Fermented cabbage, I just prescribed it last week. I, pre- I prescribed someone to take in fermented cabbage, which is kimchi, I told me. Kimchi, three times, four times a week for the gut probiotic, for their, for their, for their intestinal flora. So there's times when I'll write cabbage, because that's helpful. It's just, you need to know when to use these things and when not to. You need to know where they work with you and where they won't. And, and, having that relationship with your physician where they don't invalidate you, but they hear you and they help you see it in a perspective and you know that they're in your corner. That's the kind of relationship I'm, I'm advocating for. I hope this was helpful. <laughs> Please like share and subscribe. Justin and I look at these comments and it means the world to us on the reels and on YouTube uh, and any other platform you comment on. We do, we do read them. Thank you for that. I'll see you next time. 